Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm excited about all my guests. I don't want anybody to feel bad. But I'm super excited because she's a sexologist, so you know we're going to get into it. Um, talking about Dr. Jess O'Reilly's in the house. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Are you kidding me? I'm so excited that you're here because we all talk about sex. We've been talking about sex since we were kids, but you never have a real constructive conversation about sex. Oh, is, is that what you're expecting here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, boy. We're in trouble. We're in trouble, folks. No, but you never really get to talk to someone who has real information. You're talking to people who are like going off their experiences or what they heard. So I'm so glad that you're here because we're going to get into it. All right. Um, so before we get into it, actually, I want to find like people need to know a little something about you. I know you're Dr. Jess O'Reilly, but like single, married, cats, dogs, children, goldfish. I have a lovely Pomeranian. Lovely. How mm, old? Ten years old. Mm-hmm. Also a husband. Okay. Who's <laughs> <laughs> actually way more lovely than the Pomeranian. I love that you mentioned the dog first, though. Just saying. She's on my mind. She's on my mind. Yeah, I've been with my partner for 17 years. Wow. We were kids. We were kids. That's amazing, though. Yeah, we hooked up here in Toronto. It was a one-night thing. Come on. That, it was a one, oh, wait, wait, wait. It was a one-night stand that turned into a relationship? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we didn't intend it to be a one-night stand, but it was something casual in his mom's purple escort. Come okay. Do they still make that? First of all, can we do the throwback of you with your legs up in a purple escort? Oh, I I I was on top. You gave thanks, the first visual. Thanks for the visual because I was like, I'm just that's a small car. It's a very sm- and he's a big guy. Well, you made it work though. Somehow, because when you want it, you'll make it work. Exactly. I might have, you know, today. Oh. Now that I'm 38, I might have cramped with up. these knees. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I can't do car sex. That's young people crap. My knees can't take that. I but love that's... a bed. 
oh, and some space and oh. a window for some air. Oh, so you nice. know, yeah, because we need to circulate the air. You must not live so close to your neighbors, or you just don't care. I don't care. What, listen, when you're about to orgasm, you're thinking about your neighbors, and hopefully not, unless you know, unless they're like, can can we join in? No, I don't. Think Housekeeping. I go for it. If you're with a lover who actually brings you to orgasm, who cares about anybody else? You're just gonna have to deal with it. You're very good. I I have trouble letting go. Really? Yeah, I'm super close with my neighbors. You guys, oh. I hope they're listening. Huh. I'm very, very close with them. And there's, like, children and all that stuff. So, yeah, and it's really bad for me. It's really bad for you, for anyone, to hold back. Because yeah. you can't, your brain has this little shutdown, a momentary shutdown, right behind your left eye, right when you orgasm. And okay. you need that to let go. And that's why a lot of people who don't let go can't orgasm. So when my oh. husband, when we're like in the throes and he's like, shh, shh, shh. I'm like, babe, don't tell me to shush. You can't shush. Because I'm going to go leave and finish in the bathroom by, by myself. Isn't that the turn on though? When you hear your partner's about to climax, you're like, oh, there they are. It's like getting to the top of that. Like, you know, when you're on a roller coaster and that little, those little noises and you're like, yes, we're about to go there. That's the most exciting part. Yeah. Only better than a roller coaster. I say to hell with your neighbors. I know they're nice people, but yeah. I say to hell with your neighbors. Let the kids learn. It's birds and the bees. What's Jess doing next door? Well, kids, she's having fun. <laughs> they, they've already got that. What does Jess do? It's like, mm, that's an interesting conversation for the neighbor's I, kids. I think they say therapist. Perfect. I think it's just easier. She helps couples. Perfect. Although, yeah. as the kids get older, I would love if my mother said, oh, she's a sex sexologist. I'd be like, oh, I think she needs me to help her trim her flowers <laughs> and ask a few questions. Like, um, so, because these are things you can't, like, to have you, are you like, do, are you, a, do you have nieces? Yeah, I have. I, and lots of younger people in my family, and they actually do call me. So at first, they're really shy about it. But then once they get to know your style, they'll be like, okay, this happened, and I need you to talk to my 10-year-old. You yeah, you can't talk to your mom and dad about certain things, no matter how open the conversation is. So you as Auntie Jess, cool Auntie Jess, I'd be like, hey, Auntie Jess. Just look around for my mother and be like, so can we discuss how? Like, I would be asking you all kinds of questions. Some of them send them to live with me. We're close family. Yeah, like my one cousins, oh. my favorite cousins, sent their son when he was 19 for four months. I mean, it wasn't just to live with me, yeah, but it was yeah. part of the experience. That's hey, Matt. Amazing. That yeah. is so nice. Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to live with you for four months. Everybody does if you want to come on over. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love that. There's always a house guest. I love that idea. That is so cool. All right. So let's get into it. All right. Because um, now I got to get the visual of you on top in a purple escort out of my head. And let's get into the topics. Is it true that men uh, have better sex with emotionally unstable women? Now, according to this research, and you know, there's always some kind of research, mm -hmm. but I can't bite the hand that feeds. Without this research, we have nothing to talk about. Mm -hmm. But according to this research, men have better sex with women who are emotionally unstable. Okay, the researcher, Julia Velton, and her colleagues interviewed each volunteer about their sex lives and personality and sexual function, and they found men whose partners had less emotional stability reported better sexual function. Yes, so I know so, the study you're talking about. Okay, tell, is this garbage or is this a real deal? It's not garbage, but it's almost like a tiny footnote of that German study. That study mm. found lots of other things, but the headlines, of course, rang out. Men who have partners who are not so emotionally stable, have better sexual functioning. But this is a really interesting study. I, I started digging into it. Mm -hmm. And they use different measures for sexual functioning mm. for the women and men. I thought that was interesting. Okay. The other thing is, and this is with every study, correlation doesn't equal causation. So just because those two factors happen to e exist at the same time, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean one causes 
the other. Okay. Right? So it's not like, oh, if you find yourself an emotionally unstable partner, you're going to be swinging from the chandeliers. Okay. Not so. It may have to do with how men assess women. Right. Are they more likely to assess us as emotionally unstable? Because what they looked at in this study, like most of these studies around personal personality traits, is they look at the big five, Mm -hmm. one of those being emotional stability. And men have a tendency to say things like, oh, she's crazy. Because she cried. Right. She she cried at something and that means that she's emotionally unstable. Right. Well, how Uh, crazy is it not to cry? Yeah. When you need to cry. It's like having to fart. Yeah. And not farting. You got to go. You got to go. We were having this discussion yesterday (laughs) because I don't really do it in front of my husband still. Still? Isn't that 17 years ago? It's not that I've never done it. I just make an effort. And he doesn't either. And I don't know if it's because we spend a lot of time apart. I'm gone a lot. Maybe you're trying to keep the romance. Uh, a girlfriend of mine and her husband said, we're trying to keep the romance. So for that, we're not going to the bathroom in front of each other. No. Right? The doors closed. I don't care what you have to say. And the farting, let's keep, let's try to keep the romance and keep that stuff at bay. Let's not turn into roommates. Yeah, exactly. So, it, but we're 17. I'm not saying we've never. First of all, I'm super uncomfortable talking about farting. I can talk about <laughs> fisting and anal and group sex and daisy chains and all that stuff. But I don't know what it is about poop. That like we were. Ta- I was talking about this last night with some friends, mm-hmm. and they were saying they need to come help me get over my. I don't understand. Well, here's, it's a natural function that everybody does. I you know, know, we we fart like something between twelve and twenty five times in a day. So is that a lot, is, is that it? it? I, well, that's the average person. So there's a lot of gas. Like right now we're talking about it and I feel like I'm like part of me is like hold that fart in. Do not oh fart. This is a small gosh. studio. But I feel like it's a natural function. At the same time, though, whenever I'm dating someone brand new, um, it's like my bowels shut down. They're like, he does not need to see this side. Let's try to keep it cute. And then my stomach is like at the end of the date, I'm dying because I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I need I, I need to just sit down somewhere quietly with a hot cup of tea because my stomach is killing me because my brain won't let me do it. But as soon as I get comfortable, well, then they happen. But I do try to muffle them. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, maybe it's not great advice. So do not take my relationship as a model for what you should do. No, because, but I love yeah, that you're being open about but that. But you shouldn't sit there and have your stomach like twisted in knots, right? Like you can just, I would walk out of the room. I think I'm in a very fortunate situation because I'm gone so much for yeah. work yeah. that when I come home, we got to like make it happen. Yeah, you know it's I mean? also like it's like a honeymoon every time you guys see each other because sort of. you haven't seen each other and it's all sexy and romantic. Yeah, yeah. except Whereas- for when we fight. Because every time you come home after you're away for a work trip, you think it's going to be like amazing and sweet yeah. and romantic and hot. But then sometimes there's just like an explosion of of tension. Yeah, and we fight, and that's normal though. And every couple fights. Yeah, it's usually my fault. Well, you know what? The funny <laughs> to bring it back to this study. Yes. I think this study and why it grabs people's attention is because I've heard so many of my heterosexual male friends say, "Oh, there was some girl that they dated, and she was the best sex, but she was like a lunatic. Like mm-hmm. she just was emotionally, she was all over the place." Mm-hmm. And I actually had a very good friend uh, when we were in our twenties. He was madly, madly in love with this woman, and she was, she was. I don't want to call her a lunatic, but she was something else. Like, you didn't know from, like, one minute to the next what kind of emotion she was going to have. And I said to him once, I go, nobody likes her. She's not good for you. She's lied about having cancer. She's done all of these things. What is it about this girl that you cannot let go of her? And he was him and hon and him and hon. And I was like, no, dude, like, come on, we're friends. So I'm like, what is it? And he's like... She's the only girl I've ever been with who has multiple orgasms, like within the like oh, half an hour of sex. And I was like, 
So that's what it comes down to. He's like, she's the best I've ever. He goes, I've never thought about being with any other woman. And he goes, when I want to masturbate and I'm not, like, I'm by myself, I think about her. And I'm like, that's what it comes down to. So, so the I, sexual attraction was there. Yeah. But you you can be amazing and also not be emotionally unstable. I, I think that it's, I wonder if it's sort of like the Madonna whore complex. Like, mm-hmm. there are good girls and then there are the bad girls. And yeah. oftentimes men in heterosexual context run into this challenge where they don't want to have wild sex Mm. with the person that they also love. Like this is something that, you know, therapists are treating. So I'm wondering if it kind of stems from that, that there's an assumption that if the wilder you you are Mm -hmm. or the less stable you are, the hotter you are in bed. But you don't want to marry that girl because you want to marry a very nice girl who has, you know, missionary sex and she goes to bed at nine o'clock. Which is which is so unfortunate because if you're going to marriage is still this thing that for most people is monogamous. So why do you want to commit to someone that doesn't excite you like you can't have both Mm. you can find so this is the thing like the formula for relationships really is creating a sense of security and love and Mm. care and tenderness but also having some fire some passion some tension some fear some Mm. risk and that's the big mistake I think a lot of people make they work so hard to get comfortable that they don't do anything that's scary like they say like oh well that would make us uncomfortable and I say if something would make you uncomfortable you should consider doing it. Yeah. Because a first date is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. No one walks into a first date totally nonchalant, even no. if they say they do. No. Absolutely not. I mean, any interview, it does like every interview, yeah. there's an element of nerves yeah. for everyone, correct? So it's like that first few seconds before it's about to happen. Yeah. It happens for everybody. Because you care. Yeah. Because this could go great. Yeah. Or one a of disaster. us could fart. <laughs> We'd have to say. <laughs> that might not ruin things, by the way. I would yeah. be gone behind the black curtain. <laughs> So, but we, you need that. You need your risk in relationships. So, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they're just correlating the two things. And this study that you're talking about actually yeah. found some other interesting information. Okay, give it to me. So, women whose partners were sexually inhibited. So, mm-hmm. what they were doing is they were looking at the personality trait of one partner mm-hmm. and looking at the sexual function of that partner, but also of their partner. So, how does your partner's personality affect your functioning levels? Mm. So, women whose partners are really inhibited don't function well sexually. So it affects their desire. It affects their orgasm. It affects their lubrication. Mm-hmm. I can know. I'm that, thinking, I'm going through my lovers right now. I'm like, mm-hmm, that's true. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Um, conscientious individuals, so another big five personality traits, they mm-hmm. have better sexual function. And women whose partners are more conscientious also have better sexual function. So that makes sense if your partner is thoughtful yes. and putting an effort in and helping you to be comfortable. Because something that can be different for women than mm-hmm. for men, not all women, some mm-hmm. of us are greedy like me, but some women. Yeah, you just called yourself out. Oh, I'm totally greedy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like lie on my back. <laughs> you do. Oh my god. Then I'm greedy too. I'm like, wait, does that make us greedy? I'm like, no, no. You go first. You go first. I'm, just lay here. I'm like, it would be so great if it could just happen while we were sleeping. You yeah. Know, when you're really tired. Oh my god. I've been so tempted so many times just be like, if you could just not bother me or mess up my hair, that'd be really great. Obviously, yeah. Especially once I fixed my eyebrows. Oh. For- and he's putting my face in the pillow. And I'm like, these are not smudge proof. It's not like you see in those videos. I will say something. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. We have places to go after, and I'm not redoing this face. Like, I will announce it. I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I'm like that in the beginning, but then you get into it, and you're like, ah, screw it. I I don't need to go anywhere. I'm everywhere I need to be right now. Yeah. 
But yeah, if their partners are trying harder Mm -hmm. and putting them at ease, they're going to have higher sexual functioning. And what I was saying when I was talking about being greedy is some women have trouble being takers because like women are raised so much to be caregivers, to perform. If you look at our magazines, it's all about pleasing men. There's sort of been a shift in the last few years. Also in porn. Also in porn. If you watch porn, it's always like he will touch her for like two seconds and then Mm -hmm. it's all her like on her knees giving a blowjob. Like it's always a woman giving. You're so right. Yeah. And so so I think if your partner puts you at ease in this respect, you're more likely to have higher sexual functioning. So that was another finding that came mm. out of this study. Um, and, and here's another one. Another study found that the more agreeable you are, the higher your sexual functioning. Okay, what do you mean by that? Like the more open I am to whatever my partner wants to do? Um, not necessarily open because that's another um, – Big one of the big five, but okay. agreeable meaning like easy to get along with. O- oh, like okay. I, open's a good word actually because open to considering. Yeah, their, their opinion, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, compromising. Yes, good and people who are extroverts. I don't know anyone in this room, but anyhow, <laughs> I don't know. What people who about? are extroverts have higher sex drive. Really? What are we doing here? I don't know. Like, <laughs> there, we, we could be doing other things. We could be doing one very specific <laughs> thing. But that's interesting because I always, for me, because so, I'm an extrovert. Okay, it's fine. It's the cat's out the bag. Like people didn't know. Right. But I always, I'm very curious about the quiet guy because mm-hmm. I'm always like, I'm always not turned on by the loud guy because I'm like the extrovert who's like, you know, has everybody's attention. Everybody, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the quiet one that I'm always like, I bet you that's the guy that's going to turn you out. Like, that's the guy where you don't expect, you don't know what to expect, but he's the one who's going to really pay attention and you're going to have a great time with him. Yeah, and he doesn't need to show. I, I, there's he doesn't something... need to be on top of the table yeah, screaming yeah. and carrying on. And, you know, he doesn't, he's not interested in it at all. He's quietly in the corner just minding his business. That guy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy that I'm always interested I, in. It's funny because I actually kind of like men who are a little bit quiet too. But I... I like them when they're really gentle, but can be really rough. That's my formula. When the, they know when to bring out the rough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You and I are the same people. What, what is it? They're like, you know, polite in the streets and freaky in the sheets. That's, That's what I'm talking of, yeah. about. Like, that is a massive turn. Because then you know what it is? You want to be able to be free during sex. I'm just speaking for myself. I want to be able to be free, but I want to feel safe. Yes. So, But the safety has to come first. So I need to feel like you're going to know the line not to cross to make me feel uncomfortable or disrespected or that like you're not going to call me back. Like I can't be in that kind of situation with a guy. But then once I have that comfort, it's like all lights are green here because now I know we have that safety. We're on the same page. So let's I'm open. Like I know that you're never going to do anything to hurt me. Well, and that that goes back yeah. to that formula yeah. of like 90 percent safety, 80 to 90 percent safety. And then. 10 to 20 percent edge yeah right that's why people can do such kinky things in bed and be so turned on like if you cultivate a relationship that's so safe you can be turned on by things that you would have never imagined like being humiliated yeah right or and a lot not a lot of people are into humiliation but some people are yeah there are enough but they're doing it with somebody they feel safe with it's about honor and respect and love and and there's power in it like people will talk about submissives not having power but a submissive in a kinky relationship holds the power yeah right you are giving over that power but it's all about permission and you've described that perfectly oh that's so good okay well you know what well then i like that you kind of went into the whole thing because 
when I first read this, I'm like, this just feeds into what every stupid guy thinks. That if the less emotionally stable yeah. a girl is, the better she is in bed. And I'm like, come on, this is nonsense. You're missing out on a very quiet librarian who will turn your ass out. Like, but I'm glad that you went through it because now it makes it makes total sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. And, and I, again, I think it has to do with wanting to think that there are good girls and bad girls, and the bad girls are good in bed, and the good girls aren't. And it's just we're so all silly. bad girls. We're all bad girls. Yeah. you just gotta learn how to tap into the yeah. bad girl. And in that even woman. even people who are a little bit wild and outrageous and maybe you know seemingly unstable, they want to be good too. Yeah, right. Nobody wants to be a jerk. No one wants to be inconsistent. In the moment, people do, but people can change too, yeah, right? Like ba- there's personality traits, but they're marked by the way you feel and your behavior, and you mm-hmm. can change your behavior tomorrow. That's true. So you can true. be a, like you can be a nicer person tomorrow. Yeah, I could, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think it's a good idea to tell your new lover how many sexual partners you've had? I, I'm going to try to talk, say all this stuff without laughing. Um, first, the jury's out on whether or not it's a good idea to tell your partner the number of people you've had sex with. But let's be real, it's going to come up at some point. So a new survey indicates that women may feel more shame over a quote-unquote high number than men do. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, in fact, the survey that they surveyed over 1,000 people in Europe and the United States, and nearly 40% of American women said they didn't share their number with their partner because they thought it was too high. Now, 36, 36.7% of men felt their numbers were average. Only 14% of women thought their numbers were too low. What is too low? I, we're going to get into this too high, too yeah, low nonsense. Yeah, so absurd. And 22% of men didn't share theirs because they thought it was on the lower end. So men aren't sharing because they, they think their numbers are too low. And women aren't sharing and being honest because they think their numbers are too high. So the, it begs so many questions. Like, what is too, what is a high number? What is a low number? Personally, I don't think any good can come from disclosing that number. And follow me on this. Because as soon as you... Okay, say you and I are dating. Say you're a dude and I'm a girl and we're dating and I'm really interested in you. And it's a clean slate. We don't know anything about each other. You're gonna, we're going to learn about each other. But I had a past and you had a past. But we're different people because our experiences have shaped us. So going back, I feel like what's the point of me telling you about something that happened that had nothing to do with you? I didn't know who you were. This was me figuring out who I am. And this is how I am today. And you like what's sitting in front of you. So why do I need to give you every single minute detail of what I did to be here? You're going to find out who I am with my, the things that I did as a kid or whatever. But I just feel that number. And it's also men, I feel are really fragile with their egos. I feel like maybe I'm completely fine with my number. But then I tell this guy and all of a sudden he writes me off because in his mind, the woman that he sees as his future wife wouldn't have a number that high. Or he's worried that he's going to be with a girl that everybody knows is a town whore and he's, God forbid, he's with that girl. So I just think, why even discuss the number? Also, I don't want to know the guy. Guys, I always feel like have higher numbers than women. And I don't want to know the number. Well, they report higher numbers. They were, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Unless it's the same women having sex with all the men. There's a lot for hetero Thank people. You. There's, there's a big mismatch exactly. here. Exactly. So I don't want to know his number. I really don't because then it's in my head because I'm human. As much as I am open and, you know, well-read and all that crap, I'm still a human being. Like, if you tell me that you've been with 122 women, now when we're walking down the street holding hands, I'm thinking, you fuck her. Did you have sex with her? You probably had sex with her. And any woman you talk to, I'll be thinking, and I don't want that. What's uh-huh. that? There's no positivity in me knowing that information. As long as we get our blood tests, we're wearing a condom and we're taking the pill and we're taking all the precautions, I shouldn't have to worry. Unless you were, maybe if you were in the sex industry, perhaps if you were a male escort or a stripper, feel free to bring that up. 
because that's going to change. I, I'm that's different, but that was a career choice, not like the people that you met and had sex with. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, right? wasn't necessarily for pleasure; it's transactional. It was for it was for money, and we would get into that. But I just feel like knowing that number is not going to help anybody. So why even? It's it's a good question. I think. Um, some people ask out of judgment, obviously. Yeah, right? I think most times it's asked out of judgment. And I think a lot of us ask, and you touched on this, because we're we're nervous. We're we're feeling vulnerable. We're feeling, well, do I measure up? Yeah. Right? Like, if you've been with 100 people and I've only been with 10, can I possibly be as experienced as you? That's another aspect. Um, which is, and it's interesting, So because I've been with my partner for so long, and mm-hmm. I talk about sex and relationships, I think the fact that I'm married and have a really nice relationship mm-hmm. sometimes gives credence to what I do. However, mm-hmm. sometimes I get men, who usually single men, who will challenge me and say, like, well, how can you know anything about sex? You've been with the same person for so long. And I'm thinking, anything you can do with six different people, I can do with this one person. Exactly. Moreover, you don't know the details of our sex life. But also, wow. the, it's very interesting. And sometimes I think it's a little bit of negging. It's kind of like they're trying to see if we're in an open relationship or they're <laughs> trying to figure out if they can bed you or whatnot. But people have this idea that they don't measure up. Right. And they mm-hmm. they want to feel. First of all, averages are just awful. Honestly, mm-hmm. humans are not averages. So everybody likes hard numbers because they want to measure themselves against them. They want like when I say that the average couple in their 40s with kids has sex once a week, people sort of breathe a sigh of relief because they're like, oh, we're not so far behind that. First of all, they probably don't have that much sex. That's what they report they have. Wow. Okay. And people tend to overreport. So wait, people over 40 with kids don't have sex at least once a week? Well, they're saying average? they have sex around, um, I think the bottom line for the big survey in the States is several times per month to weekly. So somewhere between like two to four times a, a month. A month? Yeah. Holy crap, that's low. Sounds low to you. In my head, I'm like, what? But to a lot of Are people. Are they sharing a bed? But a lot know. of people, that's high. A couple times a month is high. For some people, yeah. Oy, oy, oy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm listening. Sorry. I thought yeah. it's going to take me a while to digest that. That's interesting. Well, and then there's another piece of study, that a um, piece of research that came out of U of T that found that the ideal number of times to have sex in a relationship mm-hmm. is once a week in terms of happiness benefits. So yeah. you can do it twice, you can do it three times, but you get no extra happiness, you get some orgasms. At least once a week. At least once a week. Depending, like, like you have a circumstance where you're always out of town. So if, I got to make up for it. Right? <laughs> like that attitude, <laughs> That attitude. So there's, but if you're in the same house every single day, sharing the same bed, I always find that really interesting. Like, I have couples who are like, we don't have sex all the time. And I'm just like, so... So what are you doing? At least are you cuddling? Are you holding each other? Are you doing other things? Some Because always have to be intercourse, I'm assuming. Some are, but some people stop altogether. The big thing that destroys your sex life. <laughs> Children. Yeah. Those bastards. Absolutely. Those little bastards. And it has to do with attitude too, right? Like if your life revolves around your children, if you're constantly – I go and do these retreats, right, where Mm -hmm. these couples take time out of their day or time out of their week, sometimes for the weekend, Mm -hmm. to be together. And one of the things I do is ask them to send in like the most relevant questions that that they'd like like me to address. Mm -hmm. And so you'd think they would be thinking about their relationship, but so many of them are asking me questions about their kids. This is where your mindset is. You're coming to a retreat to take two days out of your entire relationship. To get back to the two of you. And you're asking me about your children. Mm. So this is where they have to get their minds away from that. And people will give you every excuse in the book. And I have a problem with, you know, um, first world problems in terms of, well, it's really hard because of this. or it's Yes, I get that it's hard. But let me tell you that mm. 
My family, people who preceded me in generations, did it with way less. Some of these people did it with no – people are still doing it today, Mm -hmm. cultivating happy, healthy, passionate relationships. Some of them don't have proper ventilation in their houses. Some of them don't have roofs on their head. They don't have running water. They don't have help, right? So we all – North Americans, and especially I think I'll say well-off, but we like to call ourselves middle class in Mm -hmm. Canada, Mm -hmm. um, like to tell you why their situation is hard. Mm -hmm. And if you want to change your life, stop saying that. Like your life – Yes, your life is hard. Like, of course, difficult things. But – Yeah, you you run into these difficult challenges, but we have all the things we need. Yeah. Right? Well, it's so funny. I remember um, this uh, host, Juliana Rancic. She was a host of E! back in the day, and she just got married, and then she finally had a baby. She went through this whole thing about she had a hard time. She had cancer, and then she finally got pregnant and had a son. And she did an interview, and she's like, my marriage is comes before my son. And people were incensed. I think I remember this. She was like, people were losing their minds. She's like, no, 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 because if we don't keep this going this kid will suffer because then we'll fall apart because it's not enough for us just to tend to him. He He's an energy sucker. He will take all of our time. But if we don't make sure that we reconnect with each other and we still don't have romance, then we won't be a great example to our child, first of all, of what a healthy relationship looks like and what it should be like. But more importantly, we he's only here because the two of us and the love that we have. So I totally I hear what you're saying. I have heard a lot of my friends saying, yeah, it's, not, it's hard. I don't have the time. And someone has to go to soccer and this and that. And it's like, yeah, but if you don't take care of each each other that kid will grow up they will leave and the two of you will be looking at each other like strangers because you have not connected yeah. whatsoever and all those things are true it is hard you do have to take them to soccer there are all these things to do Make but it's time it's a choice and people always say like well how do i prioritize it and the bottom line is you just have to choose to i can give yeah. you little tricks we can put it in your calendar we can block some time off but in the end mm-hmm. you have to decide that you want to invest in yeah. this, the way you invest in your child. Mm-hmm. What do you think about scheduling sex? I hear a lot of couples, like, when I hear it, I'll be honest, my vagina just, just she just clams up. She's like, what are we doing? Like, it's on the schedule for next week, Tuesday at 4 o'clock? What? But is that really a realistic thing for people who are, their sex lives have kind of dwindled? Is it a good thing to do? Yeah, I think um, scheduling is sex s- is actually essential. Like, when really? I even look at my life, it doesn't go in my calendar, but if I know there's like an hour window in the middle of the day where okay. no one's around and we're I'm like in my head I'm like oh I'm going to like hop in the shower and make this happen. So it's not in the calendar, okay. but I do know that there are when you you know different living situations yeah. You have that, like if you have kids or other people living in your house, I'm like, if I got an hour alone, yeah. I am taken. I don't need the whole hour, by the way, people. But <laughs> I'm going to have my shower, yeah. have the sex, watch a Netflix. No, <laughs> all <laughs> of those things in <laughs> an hour. You crammed a lot of stuff in that <laughs> hour. I'm have a sandwich. It's like, honey, you've got the first 10. Yeah. Then I got to watch my Netflix special. Exactly. Then I'm going to make a salad. <laughs> so let's get this going. But no, I hear what you're saying. Because the way that it was always presented was like, the way that you schedule a dentist appointment. And I'm like, really? Because sex, the great sex is the sex that is sometimes spontaneous, not sometimes, spontaneous, and you want each other, or you get a really nice kiss on the lips, and you're like, oh. And then it leads to this great sex that you have. So to me, I'm like, scheduling at three, I don't know how I'm going to feel at three. I could be hungry at three o'clock next week, Tuesday. And if I'm hungry, you know what we're not doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
We're not having sex. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. You got to so, do them both at the same time. We got to so, find a way. Yeah, but like I, George Costanza. Yeah, you know what? You find a way. I especially if you want to be with that person. I think it's such an important com- component to that, a relationship. Yeah, and the scheduling piece is more about scheduling time for one another. Mm-hmm. That you have to do. Like if you're, it's like if you're going to meet a friend for drinks. It doesn't just happen. No, you do. So have you, to schedule. you have to. And so I think you just have to schedule time to be together. And then yeah. if you like each other, you will and have you're sex. attracted to each other. You will have sex. You'll have sex. It should be a scheduled not for sex. It should be a schedule to have a date. It should be yeah. a schedule to be like. Like, you know what? The kids are gone. Yeah. Let's just remember that show we said we're going to watch. And then you just have that. And if this, the sex should happen. Yeah. And I think happen. if you have date night, because date night's like one of these things that all yeah. these experts are talking yeah. about. I think you should have sex at the beginning of it. Like sex at the beginning of the date night, not when you're all tired and you're full from food and stuff like Start that. Start with the sex. Yeah, I love it. Well, then that would, I would need to get a heads up on that because I'm like, don't let me do my hair and makeup. I was just thinking. Don't let me do my, because if I do my hair and makeup, sweetie, we're not doing this. You just got to do it standing. And if we made a reservation, hold on to something. They only hold our table for 10 minutes and I'm not <laughs> I'm hungry now so you better come to me ahead of time with that because that's going to be a problem but see this is what I'm talking about we started off talking about oh your numbers and should you tell mm-hmm. to me all of that stuff is obsolete and it makes no sense what you should be paying attention to is the quality of your relationship absolutely what do you, what do you want from this person how do you want to make sure that you have 17 years and why 28 years why do you of, want to great, know? of great sex of a great relationship you're never going to get that because you know that your your husband had I don't know random number yeah, yeah. 36 women exactly that's not going to make your relationship and then am I going to be mad if I find out it's 37 and not 36 like what you're right what good comes of it I think that first of all it's natural to be natural to be curious we like to know everything about people Mm, I think there should be a little curiosity in your relationships I don't think you need to know everything about your partner you absolutely do not and in fact that keeping secrets can be healthy yeah right if you're keeping secrets like hiding a bank account or or another person right another family (laughs) a family in the basement (laughs) in my family that's possible (laughs) listen I have a girlfriend whose dad did that he had a whole other family two blocks away and it was like whoo that is ballsy that's not ballsy. a fun secret no no but like secrets of just like you had a life before then we don't need i need to know every minute yeah. detail or your day yeah you don't need to tell tell me yeah. about like somebody who pulled out in front of you in traffic or like the don't mundane need, details yeah, yeah. no I, talk about the big dreams I, I i i get glazy when people start doing that like when they start going to those details i am like my brain's like I'm like Homer Simpson. My brain's like, because I'm like, I none of this. Like, I don't know where this conversation is going. And I'll be like, and then I'll give like one of those answers. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is code for. I don't know what you just said for the last yeah. 10 minutes because no I zoned out. Way. But I, you pause. So I know you you need to hear me say something like I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, but let's move on to the next one. Would you have sex with your ex? Now, I recently read an article that claims that this is, get this, a good idea, right? <laughs> so, personally, I would rather sew my vagina back up with needle and thread and, and like, never use it again than ever have sex with people that, like, I think of some of my exes and I'm like, not all of them are bad, but I'm like, why would I want to go down that road again? But according to this article, listen to the the reasons why they think it's a good idea to jump back in the sack with your ex. Um, It's convenient. 
They they also claim that they live within close proximity. Well, how do you know that? You don't know if they live close to you. Um, you already know what they're like in bed. That I okay. can attest to because okay. we've all gone back for some sex with the ex and it's like, yeah, you already know. They already know what buttons to push. Um, and you won't add another person to your sex number, Ugh. which goes back to what we were just Ugh. talking about. I'm like, why is everybody so obsessed with this number? And why am I? I, I would never have sex with somebody going, you know what? I'm going to have sex with you again because heaven forbid I go from seven right. to eight people. That's let's just disgusting. It. Like, are you kidding me? Let's flip that and that sex number dialogue to what if you had sex with people just to get your number up Oof. people wouldn't like that as a, a women right. we would destroy the planet because if we decided to do that <laughs> oh my god well we wouldn't work anymore we'd be very busy there'd be lineups <laughs> outside of every woman's apartment it's like yeah, yeah, yeah we're get him get him in get him in so it's so silly to avoid having sex with someone i actually i remember a girlfriend saying that like well she was staying in a kind of toxic relationship mm. not a happy relationship um they'd been together so long that they'd just gotten comfortable and they were young mm-hmm. okay but you know so long four or five years when you're in your 20s sounds like forever it's a long time and she was like well i don't want to you know have another number go up and i'm thinking you're gonna stay with a man at 26 27 years old unhappy because god forbid, forbid another penis goes in your vagina Oh my goodness. Nobody knows your number but you. Nobody. Nobody. So what so Some of why us don't you... even know our own numbers. I know you do have to sit down. I would have to sit down and really think about it. Well, I can barely remember my age some days. <laughs> right? No, or my PIN numbers or a password. Oh god. Not one more password. But the fact you're right, the fact that she's worried about a number that you keep to yourself like but that's an excuse. That's a woman who's I feel like I've I also have like had those types of conversations like you're coming up with nonsense, bullshit excuses to stay in something and there's no real reason. So now you're like, I don't want to add another number. It's like, really? Yeah. But why do we go back for sex with the ex? Why? Like there was one person I dated and I just could not like I knew like I I made a list of pros and cons and their list of cons was twice as long as their pros. But still, I would get that text. I'm like, ah. I got to do it. Well, was the sex good? Yes. Okay. So that that's one. I think actually if the sex is really good and you're not trying to get something else out of it and you don't feel like anybody's intentions are untoward. I know, untoward, but you wake up all the old emotions. It could be. Some some people don't though, right? Some people don't feel an mm. attachment. Sometimes it really is just about the sex, but sometimes it's about power. Right. Especially the person Mm. who did the breaking up. The other person wants to see that they can still get them. Oh, I think you just tapped the nerve there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you have to consider your motivations. Like I would never say have sex with an ex. It's a great idea. Don't have sex with an ex. I mean, every situation is unique. So you've got to always dig deep and say, okay, what is the most vulnerable thing I'm feeling? And how do I feed that? What I need is a 12 step program to get to stop having sex with your ex. I think that's what we would. That's better information. It's like, don't tell me why I should go back. Give me a solid 12-step program <laughs> so when I have that phone and I'm feeling a little lonely that I don't text them and be like, hey, what are you doing? Because that's, I think, what most people are trying to get themselves out of those situations, not find a reason to go back in because they're, you know, they live within close proximity. Uh, plenty of people live within cl- close oh proximity gosh. if you live in a developed area. You can save something in your phone. Like, you know, some people drunk dial their ex. Yes. So you should save <laughs> their number as like, Steve, do not call when drunk drunk exclamation yes. point exclamation point yeah it's smart right I have done that like do not answer his call because yeah. you have to remind yourself do not go down this road again because I feel like sex with the ex I don't know about anybody else but I know for myself like 
as much as you think it just can be about sex, there's always going to be some conversation or some inside joke yeah. or like you go into the, like the little habits that you guys have together. And then in your brain, you're like, no, 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 no. We can't go back down this road. Like this was just supposed to be for sex, but it's never that clean. I think you can have clean sex with a stranger, like, mm. like a person you met somewhere. And you're like, mm -hmm. OK, I don't know you. We came. We had fun. Adios. See Tinder you later. Out. Yeah. Bye. But when it's a person you have that kind of familiarity with and you already know their story and they're like yeah my mom said to say and oh, it's like God. great yeah, yeah your mom so your I mom lot, knows you're here great. a lot of people do it just because it's comfortable and they're lazy yeah right because that's a big part of I, something I think I settle into in my relationship because I do work with a lot of people in open relationships and I'm mm -hmm. always at these sex parties and I'm, I always think oh it looks like so much work to have to get a new partner tonight and so there's first of all I know I'm going to be having good sex because yeah. it's just good with him yeah. uh, and we work at it right yeah. uh, you know after this long but I think some people just do it because they're lazy it's like yeah. well they're there I don't really have to go out for dinner I don't have to I don't have to shave my legs here at knows. I don't have to wax stuff he's good I don't even have to put on my good underwear he's more than good he knows what the situation is right. so true and so there's, true there's intimacy there and when there's intimacy that's where I think you can tread in the dangerous territory if you don't want to get back together with them like you hmm. said, yeah. start talking about your mom, your sister, or your friends. And that's when the alarm bells goes off and you're like, yes, this is why this is a bad idea because now we're going back down that road of kind of getting back together. Or they, all of a sudden, you, you can hear it in their voice where they think, oh, well, maybe. And it's like, no, this was just for sex. Well, yeah, and that's sticky. a real challenge when one of you has a specific motivation, like sex, and the other one is hoping for more. Well, you're hoping, like, I think somebody's always hoping for more. Why did you answer the call? Well, I, I think, yeah, sometimes they are. Sometimes people are just, like I said, they're lazy. It's like, well, here's an easy... Orgasm. I, I don't mean that in a disrespectful <laughs> way. I'm yeah. not suggesting that people are easy. I just think that it's... it's. I know what you're talking about. It's effortless. Yeah, it's I like, don't have to put on airs. I don't have to take them yeah. on a date. I don't have to do all this stuff. Or take a risk. No. Like, in terms of it might not be good with someone. It's like going to the same restaurant and ordering the same dish because yes. you know it's your go-to pad thai. Yeah. So he's I your pad thai. pad thai. I love pad thai. <laughs> you never go wrong when you have the pad thai. Kind of true. Damn it. Um, that's awesome. Okay. So is there any truth to the idea that sleeping with a guy too soon will ruin your chance at romance? Hmm. Now, you already alluded to the beginning and the beginning of this conversation that you and your husband, who've been together for 17 years. More I'm now. I'm applauding that. Mm -hmm. Strange girl. As a single one, I'm like, how do you do it? I can't even do 17 months. <laughs> 17 years. If, if, um, with this guy, it's easy. It started <laughs> off, but it started off casual. And then it turned into a, a long-term relationship? Or were you actively looking for boyfriend material? No, okay. we, we slept together. Okay. And then a few First days date. later. First date? It wasn't a date. We worked together. Oh, okay. Actually, right here. Very close to where you and I are chatting right now. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I just kind of pointed to him and I was like, are you coming with me tonight? And he looked at me like, I don't know, man. A little bit scared. And we went to the car. We hooked up. And then a few days later, we ended up moving in together. Come. Okay. Yeah. And we have never, we've never broken up. We've never, I mean, there's times when I want to kick yeah. him out, you know, because I've got my, own, I got my own stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've never broken up. It's, like, been a really nice ride, honestly. Well, figuratively and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a nice ride and it was a nice ride. I was like, nice ride, purple escort. I know, but I'm also, hmm, that's, uh, that's really, 
I'm on the fence about this only because like not I don't want to start quoting Steve Harvey with his 90 day rule. But a lot of women took what he said to heart because they were like, "Okay, this is why I'm, I'm not finding my husband, because I'm giving up too much without having expectations of like or letting this guy know exactly what I want, which mm-hmm. is I'm looking for a solid relationship. I want somebody that I can, you know, take to church or whatever it is. And instead, I'm leading with sex, which is giving him the wrong message because then he's just going to take it. And why does he have to call me back? He already got what he wanted, which I don't like that because it makes sex sound like it's some kind of cookie or some kind of treat. It also makes it sound like only men want sex. Exactly. I, I, I Like Steve Harvey, it, what, the we... gendered stuff is so tough for me because I wanted to have sex with Brandon. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know him that well. He seemed really nice and funny, but it's not like I was like, oh, I hope this sex leads to something else. We just got to know one another a little, mm-hmm. moved in way too quickly. Um, just because we were young, we were yeah. we were literally kids. Yeah, actually, I was old enough to vote, but that was you know. You're still a kid, though. Really, I was yeah. in university. He was in university. Um, we made a decision to move in together, which people do, and it's yeah. not the end of the world. Yeah. and we happen to work out uh, because we worked at it, and because we are a fairly decent match. I, I think you can be a match with a lot of different people. I don't think that there's one person you can be a match with, mm-hmm. but it's not because we had sex on the first date that it worked out. And mm-hmm. I don't think if we had waited 90 days, it would have been any different. I think however long you wait to have sex is inconsequential to the outcome of the relationship mm-hmm. in the long run. Having said that, mm-hmm. is Steve Harvey right that with some people you send a specific message? Sure. So I would hope that if you do have sex, mm-hmm. it's out of a desire to have sex, yeah. not out of a desire to give somebody something and hope that they will give you something different in return. Mm-hmm. So if you have sex on the first date, mm-hmm. amazing. If yeah. you have sex on the 30th date, that's cool too. If you wait till marriage, you can have a happy, healthy relationship mm-hmm. if you find someone with whom you're compatible yeah. and you work to stay compatible. Because who I am now, 17 years later, mm-hmm. is so different then, than who I Even my husband, like, I think, oh man, that, that he just didn't, we, we were kids. He yeah. still lived at home. Yeah. You guys, and you guys also, you met at a transitional time. Your teen we years did. to your, your 20s and into your 30s. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's where the most growth happens as an, as an adult. But I think you, you tapped on so many, so many really good things. I think it's the, the key is what are your, what's your motivation mm-hmm. to have sex with this exactly. person? Are you, are you, do you already have this fairy tale? Because I have a lot of single girlfriends and I'm going to call them out. I'm not going to say their names, but they've already written the fairy tale. They already have the way they're supposed to meet, the way this guy's supposed to look, the way he's supposed to dress, everything he's supposed to be. And then they, when they meet guys, it's almost like they're auditioning this guy like, OK, I'm not going to give you sex because you need to show me that you're this, 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 this and this. And then if you show me that, well, then I'll give you the cookie because then it's perfect and it's going to work out. Or the guy feels like he's being corralled already into this life that she has already designed. And I think that to me is more of the problem. But at the same time, I do. I'm not a first date hookup person, mainly because I don't. My vagina's not up yet. She does. I don't know anything about you. And mm-hmm. what turns me on is knowing who you are, your yes. sense of humor. If you hold my hand, like all that stuff. I'm a woman. I'm like an old car. You can't just jump in me and drive. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to warm this mm-hmm. old bitty up. And then I get there. So a lot not, of people feel that way. I, I'm not attracted to people. Like I did know him. Yeah. I knew him as a You knew as him. A person, That's what yeah, I'm saying. So you did it. It's not like you. he was a stranger and you walked oh, God, in the no. room and then you were like, you. 
car now. I've never felt that attraction to really no. anybody. No, like I've it's never. not a physical. Th- I mean, I can see that you're physically attractive, but you can be annoying. Yeah, like you open your mouth, and I'm like, ugh. You can talk yourself out of the pussy. I've been in that situation on a million dates, and I'm like, oh, they I talk liked too you. much, and I'm like, oh, and then you said that. Yeah, okay, exactly. We're done here. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, that's that's mainly the issue. But at the same time, I do. I had. I was doing an interview with a guy, and he said he found women were too promiscuous. And I was like, really? And I go, what do you mean by these? Like, there's not, there's no challenge. I feel like when I'm out there and I'm, he's online dating and he's, you know, meeting women in bars or whatever. And he's like, there's no challenge. There's no chase. I meet this woman. I know that I'm a decent looking guy and I know I can get her in bed. He goes, and I get her in bed. And then I'm kind of like, oh, you're just like all the other women. I just did this too. I wish there was a bit. Mo- I'm telling you what he said. Yeah. I wish he was here because he. He would say it was like he wishes there was more of a challenge that she would make him chase her a little bit more before she was, you know, in his bed back to his apartment so quickly. And I go, interesting. Well, then he's got to find the type of person who feels like they want to play that game. And honestly, I'm I'm not a big fan of games. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of being upfront about what you want Mm -hmm. um, and being honest. I hate this. These rules around dating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really, if you're not a first date sex person don't have sex on a first date simple yeah it really is simple (laughs) and you might find for instance like I had not had sex on a first date with anyone ever before Brandon and I I mean even though I was young I had dated Mm -hmm. and I'd had boyfriends and you change over time right like and so you have to just leave yourself open to what you're experiencing and as you said it's about motivation why am I doing this yeah right and this auditioning nonsense is so frightening to me because you're sitting there making all these demands but what are you giving yeah and if you think the only commodity you have to (laughs) offer is sex regardless of gender but it tends to be on women yeah we need to we need to rewrite that entire dialogue yeah right and it's a cultural thing it's not necessarily an individual thing it's a Mm. sociocultural thing we need we need to stop it because sex isn't really something you give sex is something it's an experience you engage and and one other thing you said that really struck me Mm -hmm. about friends who are trying to groom and corral and kind of force their potential partners into a specific role or situation Mm -hmm. that sounds really manipulative and it's it's almost i don't want to say it's a consent violation but just like you shouldn't be manipulated into sex you shouldn't be manipulated into roles in life and people need to sit down and think do i really want to get married do yeah. I really want to move in with someone? Yeah. Do I really want kids? Don't just do it because it's it's in the some sort of unwritten handbook. Yeah. Because we see this, like I was looking at um, celebrities and these guys who get married and then they cheat with a younger woman, then they get married again, they cheat with a younger woman. And I'm thinking, this guy is not meant to be monogamous. Mm-hmm. Stand up and say, I am not a monogamist. Yeah. This is not what I'm into. There are enough consensually non-monogamous people out there mm-hmm. that you can find them. So why are you manipulating partners who are monogamous into believing that you are too so really people need to stop and be a little bit more introspective and it's not easy because our culture is so prescriptive you need you want to be normal you got to get married you got to get married by a certain age and you know i'm thinking about like i remember when in my like late 20s when a lot of my girlfriends were getting married um i that's when i saw all of that fairy tale writing going on and these conversations and i'm thinking to myself you're only doing this because i feel like you're in that pressure cooker of everybody else is doing it and you don't want to be left out so now you're like okay what did she do what did she do oh you went online okay and they're taking notes and now they're looking and now they're dating guys and they're like well we've been together for five years which was which at the time was like that's 
that's the time frame. It's a long time. So yeah. things should be moving along. It's like, but should they? Because this is for a lifetime. Right? This is your finances. This is your future children. This is your family. Like he, you will take his last name. Like, all of that stuff. Are we doing this because he fit the timeline of five years, and your all of your other girlfriends and cousins are married? So you figured this is something you need to do. This is why I wrote my book, Single Girl Problems. It's like get out of that. Like you're gonna, you want to meet somebody and for it to be organic and something you really want, and not something you're doing because your parents are giving you a hassle and everybody at work's asking when you're going to get married. It's like, that is not, to me, that's, it's insanity. And those are the weddings that we all go to and we sit there with our arms crossed going, how long do you think this is going to last? And we want to write different amounts of checks depending on how long it lasts. Oh. Right, because you're writing checks and then you're like, a year later, man. Oh, there was one girlfriend of mine and I, mm, Sharon, Sharon owes me some money. (laughs) Sharon might have lasted, she made this, but she was under, I I know that she got married because she felt like she was under that pressure. Her best friend got married, everybody was getting married, and she was the only girl, and she was the apple of her parents' eye, and they were looking at her like, why aren't you married? And that pressure, and she chose this bozo. He looked good, but he was not a good person. And so she got married, $50,000 wedding, we're at the golf course, and we're all sitting there, and it's like, it was horrible. We were sitting there kind of going, so... Like, I give them a year. Like, I was being nice. People were like, a year. I give them six months. And at the end, it lasted for eight months, and she literally had to leave in the middle of the night because it was such a terrible situation for her. And it's like, gosh, I wish you weren't so pressured by what everybody else was doing because you could have, A, saved your parents $50,000, saved yourself all the embarrassment, and saved your own time. And you he could have gone on to meet somebody else, and you could have spent your time doing something way more constructive. But Yeah, and it's not that you want people to break up. No. But if you're getting married out of convenience or getting married because of pressure, and some people often, what I'm seeing today because people are waiting longer to get married, yeah. is that things are bad before they get married, and they think that after the wedding it's going to get better. Are you kidding? Listen. Things are only going to get harder. Like, oh, well, his mother, like they have a fight with the family-in-law, the mother-in-law yeah. or something yeah. like that, or the father-in-law. Oh, it'll get easier. No, it's going to get worse, honey. My mother told me that when I was a teenager. My mother told me that. She was like, uh, this is the easy part. The courting is the easy part. She goes, so if, if you're already having problems when it's easy, when you live in separate households and all you got to do is meet up and date, she's like, don't go down this road because it's only once you get married, things get really challenging. So I always thought about that. I'm like, if we're having such a hard time dating each other and I really want to punch you in the face, like, and we're just dating, we, why are we doing this? That's this is exactly not work. it. Yeah. And people are choosing other options, right? People are choosing to be together but live apart. Yeah. Um, I, I'm seeing more women. Women sometimes feel um, a sense of pressure around timing if they want to have children. Yes, that's a um, one. Biologically. And so I'm seeing more women decide to have kids on their own. Yeah. And if they find a partner, then they find a partner. Yeah. And this is becoming more normal for people who have the means to do it obviously like not yeah. everybody has that option because people are realizing what your parents did and what your grandparents did not everything works for everybody no right? and it didn't always work for our parents no and they stayed and listen grandma stayed because grandma didn't have a choice this grandma had true. no finances yep. grandma's like and also the society that she grew up in there was no option she couldn't just get an apartment by herself no. and do whatever she wanted to yeah. and freelance <laughs> no okay, yeah, yeah. grandma had to do it for her own survival so it, it totally makes sense before we go, um, I always like to help out our listeners in a little segment I call hashtag girl. <laughs> All right. So today's question is from Mike um, and he writes, dear SGP, my girlfriend wants to incorporate a dildo into our sex life. I feel a little uneasy about it. What should I do? And I thought, oh, Mike, your timing is perfect. 
Because Dr. Jess O'Reilly's in the house, so what should he do with the dildo suggestion? Well, yes, do it, but maybe pick one that you're more comfortable with. So oh. I think if we went back like 15 years, all the dildos kind of looked like a penis. Yeah. But now they're in all different shapes. You've got like a little butterfly. You've got a little leaf. You've got the one that's shaped like a... They you look know, like dog toys sometimes even. Have you seen those games? Yes. Sex toy or dog toy? Yes. I, I'm a sex bird and I can't figure that out. I've seen them like that. I would give that to my dog, Sasha. Yeah. yeah so that's interesting. Yeah, so pick something you're a little bit more comfortable with or go with a toy that's made for couples. So like something that you mm. wear during intercourse or during oral. Um, what's the one that my, my partner really likes one called the pivot. Oh, I the, like that. First yeah. of all, just the name of it yeah. is good. The yeah. pivot. Yeah. So what's the pivot? Uh, it's a penis ring, but it has, um, it's like medical grade silicone and it's quite heavy and strong and it vibrates and the vibrations are really, really powerful. And the way this toy is made. It's actually by a Canadian company, WeVibe. Mm-hmm. The way it's made, you can use it in different positions because sometimes like a penis ring will slide or be uncomfortable in different positions, but you can adjust this one to suit I your love position. That, I love that you just looked at me dead in my eyes and said, sometimes a penis ring will slide. And I'm like, yes, of course. I know all the time. My, oh my God. The penis ring is always sliding. <laughs> Oh, my God. I hate when that happens, Dr. O'Reilly. It's like the worst. But that's interesting because I thought I've never I haven't used a sex toy. I'm like some I know. I know. Okay, so the next time we meet, I'll bring you. I've never used one. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, if I had one, I don't even know where like when do I need to incorporate it? I don't know. I know. You're looking at me like, I've lost my mind. I know. I feel like people have said, oh, you probably have one of these. I go, I've never had a dildo. I've never had, I've okay. never incorporated in in my own, like when I'm by myself for masturbation. Never. And then with partners, I've never used one. Okay. I'm off air, I'll ask you I questions about your routine and I'll, I'll bring you one. Okay. Because I now I feel like I, like... And I, my, uh, this guy that I'm dating right now, we went to the store and we were just like browsing through and neither one of us bought it because we were just like, I wouldn't even know how to incorporate that. I wouldn't even know what to do with that. Well, you could like roll it around. You might press it underneath while you're going down on them. You don't necessarily have to. So I think mm. if you, again, if you watch porn, yeah. it's always about taking an object and shoving in, shoving it inside. And yeah. nobody wants their body treated like an oven where you're just no. shoving things in and out of it. Yeah. Um, so like rolling it around on the outside. There's another mm. one called the wish that kind of just fits nicely on the outside if you're into rubbing. So there's there are actually it's a brilliant it's a brilliant industry right now where they're doing really amazing things. I mean they've got toys that are designed to help with pelvic floor functioning. They have toys that are designed for all different types of bodies. They have toys that are designed for prostate play, for penile play, for clitoral play, for internal clitoral Everything. play, for the G spot, for the yeah. So like all the different nerve pathways. I feel like I need a, like a catalog. You know the way IKEA delivers a catalog to your house. I feel like I need a sex catalog that is delivered to my house that I can leaf through and they give me a description. This is the pivot. The pivot does this. I'd be like. Okay, we should order one of the pivots. Like, I feel like I need that because I think it's intimidation sometimes to go into those like those right. stores that are on the street, and you're like, ah, am I gonna go in there? Like when we went to that store, we had no problem going in. When we were leaving, a guy was trying to get his girlfriend to go in, and she was like, I'm not going in there. Like she treated it like it was like, oh, how dare you? And I was like, honey, like it's not a big deal. It's just like nonsense. She refused to go in. So maybe if there was like some kind of handbook that you could deliver to her, well, house, there's online some kind of flyer where there's a discount on the pivot this week. You, you can look online. <laughs> there, you know there. There are stores that are owned by sex positive people and mm-hmm. by queer people and by yeah. women as opposed to just, you know, stores selling the, all the junk and everything that's maybe yeah. not so good for your body. Yeah. So there are some really good brands out there. Uh, you can look online. I don't know if you want me to give you a name of a place Listen, to look. As soon as we're done Google. here, I'll be like, you need to write this stuff right. down because I feel like I, like you see, I'm saying it like with, like, I'm a little embarrassed that I've never gone down that road. I know. I'm like, you shouldn't be embarrassed. It's just because I, I, 
I think of myself pretty liberal, and especially when it comes to sex, and I'm like, I have never, and it doesn't cross my mind either. But it's not for everybody either. Like, I think that, again, we feel there's this list, a checklist you have to go through and say, yeah, I've done that, and I've done that, and I've had the anal, and I use the vibrator. But if you're not into something, <laughs> don't use it, right? You don't have to do everything to have a hot sex life. And what is hot to you is not hot to me. It's true. So I you got to like, write your own script. I feel like as long as I get my orgasm, I'm like, uh, what else do I need? I need something else? I had two orgasms. I'm, I'm solid, but thanks. <laughs> two, will, two will hold me over. Uh, I'm good. And we'll do this in a couple days? All right. Yeah. I'll see you in a couple days. No, this is awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Jess O'Reilly, for coming. It's been the best conversation. I feel like I want to talk to you for another hour about sex toys now. Um, where can people find you? Because people need to know where they can find you. You can find me at Sex with Dr. Jess on all social media and sexwithdrjess.com. Awesome. Thanks again for Dr. Jess being here. This is a great conversation. I hope you guys took notes. Take your notes. Get the pivot. Um, Just a friendly reminder to our listeners, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Play Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. And you can buy my book, Single Girl Problems, on Amazon.com. Send us your relationship questions or comments to singlegirlproblemspodcast at gmail.com. That's all the show I have for you today. Check back in next week, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.